Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Casima Garst about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion and her reception at the China Pavilion in Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose her locations and what planning was like and how everything turned out. So welcome, Casima. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the beginning and find out how you guys decided you wanted to be married at Disney. My husband, Brian, and I, our first vacation together was to Disney World. So it had an extra special place for us in our hearts. And we weren't originally like, oh, I have to have a Disney wedding. But then his cousin actually got married there. And on top of it being a fantastic event, I was particularly excited about how calm and relaxed she was and how stress-free she was. And that was a huge incentive for me. <laughs> so That's fantastic. It's, you don't hear of many who get to kind of try before they buy with a Disney wedding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's interesting. So now where was their wedding held? They had the ceremony at Seabreeze Point. And the reception at Atlantic Dance Hall. Okay, that's a fun combination. Did you feel any pressure to not copy them or to, you know, kind of stand out? Or? Not necessarily pressure, but I definitely didn't want to do exactly the same venues. And I think for us, I always really was interested in the wedding pavilion for that sort of just beautiful, romantic, classic kind of, uh, of space. Definitely. How did you decide on your reception venue? Being part Thai, uh, Thai Chinese, I always wanted to honor a little bit of my heritage in some aspects of the decor. I didn't necessarily want to go too traditional with the aesthetic. However, we were also looking for unique venues that uh, we wouldn't necessarily get in the Washington, D.C. area. So we're like, okay, let's not go with a regular ballroom. And not only did this Great Hall of China have obviously an Asian flair to the decor. It was also really pretty, so we wouldn't we knew we wouldn't have to spend a lot of money on floral and decorations. That's wonderful. How did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? Brian's family, because of the other wedding, were thrilled. They were really <laughs> excited. And my family, they I guess they were more a little surprised. They didn't really know what it entailed. My mother actually hasn't really been to very many Western weddings. So she honestly had no idea what was really involved in the whole process. So it was more of a surprise, excited, not really sure what to expect. But uh, everybody was really positive about it. That's interesting. How many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? We invited about 60, a little over 60, and we had 39, 40, including us. Okay. 
they say that China has a minimum of 60. Did they ever say anything to you like, oh, your guest count has to be a certain amount or was it just not an issue? That actually was one of our first questions because we knew that that might be an issue. I think they said the minimum at the time was 50, but they said that that would be fine. Basically, our sales consultant just said they would have to check with Epcot for approval and they gave it to us. And we, we did tell them that on the low end, we were expecting in the 40s because some of the folks we were inviting were from Thailand. So we, we knew not everybody could make the trip. And they, they said that was fine. I think it had to do with the fact that not very many couples use that space. It tends to get used more often for conventions and events. Interesting. Okay. Did you guys add a dessert party? We did not. We actually did our pre-reception during Illuminations instead. With the change in the pricing structure, we originally thought we weren't going to be able to do an Illuminations dessert party and then they're like, well, if you did it as the pre-reception, then the costs count towards, you know, your minimum. So we were like, okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you see that a lot with American Adventure, and that makes perfect sense that you could do the same with China. What location did you have your pre-reception at? We did it at the Rue in France. Oh, nice. Okay. And did you transport people to the reception, or did you guys just walk? We transported people. Uh, my father and Brian's aunt had to be in scooters, electronic scooters for mobility issues. And then we had a, a few older guests as well. So we definitely had to make sure we provided transportation. Okay. Can you tell me a bit about whether you had a theme and how you incorporated some maybe traditional elements and modern elements in your wedding? We didn't have a very formal theme. I was more inspired by sort of the romantic Asian oriental garden kind of aesthetic. So we just tried to incorporate some elements like that into the theming in the reception space. We, instead of a lot of florals, we used lanterns and antique style Chinese uh, teapots mm. for the centerpieces. And we also incorporated a traditional Chinese tea ceremony um, just prior to the reception starting, um, my parents actually, that was what they did for their wedding. So we did that as a surprise for them. Wow, that's interesting. Now, how did you coordinate that with Disney? So we, we told them that we would like to try and, and, you know, do this for my parents if possible. And since the Great Hall of China has that really pretty rotunda area in the entrance, mm -hmm. we were able to, when the guests first arrived in that space, we kind of held them there and we did our entrance and just went straight into the tea ceremony there. We were able to use some of the pre-existing benches to set up the actual space for the, the ceremony itself. And then folks just kind of got to stand around. So it actually worked out really well in that particular space. And it was a, sort of an introduction into the reception. Oh, that's wonderful. Did you do any other kind of entertainment during the reception? We had a DJ. It was actually the same DJ that was at Brian's cousin's wedding. We requested Steve Dunlop immediately <laughs> once, once we uh, knew for sure we were booking the, the date, and we, we immediately requested him. Can you give me a timeline of how the day ran? Sure. Because the Epcot location wasn't available until after 7, we did the 7.30 p.m. ceremony time. 
So our day started with Carol and Alan's coming to do the steaming of the dresses uh, around 11, 1130. And then Patricia Lejeune and her team came about one o'clock at which point Brian got whisked away to poor Orleans Riverside to get ready with his groomsmen and my bridesmaids came over. And then David and Christina from Trinity came over about 2.30 or so, followed by Amy and the photography team around 4. And then pretty much at 5 o'clock, 5.30 was when we all headed over to the Grand Floridian for a first look and other pre-ceremony photos. And then it pretty much just went on from there. We had the ceremony at 7.30 and went with our guests to Epcot for Illuminations, went straight to China right after that, and pretty much partied all night until about 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention and your budget? The majority of the focus was on photography, the food, because obviously Disney does an amazing job with food. And we wanted to uh, make sure that we did have videography, particularly because I knew I would have family in Thailand that would not be able to attend. And David and Christina were absolutely fantastic. They also set up a live stream for us so that my family could watch in Thailand. And uh, that was really special because actually my grandfather passed away shortly after. And so he was able to at least see the, the ceremony. Oh, that's wonderful. So what were the less important aspects where maybe you saved your time or your budget? We definitely tried to save on floral and decor. We wanted to do a few things to make the space seem very special, but knew that in the long run that wasn't where most of our money was going to go. We were going to have to spend quite a bit on transportation, so um, we knew we had to balance things out. So that was where we were the most conservative. Okay. And do you have any recommendations from your menu that you would suggest for other brides and grooms? Absolutely. For one, we did these little Mickey head-shaped tartlets that were actually little creme brulees in like a pie crust. They show up on the catering sample menus as the key lime pie brulees. And when we tried them at our menu tasting, I thought that they were a little too citrusy for me. And Brian and I both really love creme brulee, so we asked if it was possible to to just make that a creme brulee. And they said, sure, because they're Disney and they're awesome like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. What ended up being your favorite memory of the day? Favorite memory, there are a couple of things. I think one of the big ones was starting of the dancing and everything in the reception My parents and my mom's brother and his kids from Thailand were able to come and they were just hamming it up on the dance floor and it was awesome. And my father, who's disabled, was even up and dancing and that was just really exciting because we were concerned about the late night, especially with some of our older guests and some of the younger kids making it all the way through. But no one left early. So we were really excited that everybody was able to enjoy themselves all night long. Our DJ decided to surprise us with a guys versus girls lip sync battle. 
mind you, Brian and I are pretty shy people overall, but we decided to throw caution to the wind and just go all in. And it was a really epic experience. The final song of the night, the guys go into Let It Go from Frozen. (laughs) And the next thing I know, my now husband is being hoisted up into the air (laughs) singing let it go and it was just a completely unforgettable experience (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic so then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected the only thing that didn't necessarily go quite as expected was there was a little bit of miscommunication right at the start of the tea ceremony where we I had made up little programs that explained what the ceremony was and kind of the meaning behind it. And um, they were supposed to be handed out to the guests like when they first came in. And our planner thought instead that the guests were going to be picking them up. So it just was a little bit of miscommunication, but we got it all sorted out and everything went fine. We kind of winged it a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) but it was really special and my parents were completely surprised. So that was a really special moment. Oh, that's so nice. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like it was going to be a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? For us, I think it was really just being concerned about the younger kids and some of the older guests making it all the way through the night. You know, it was a pretty late night. We we warned everyone to, you know, rest up during the day before the wedding, but everybody was really enjoying themselves. And so that turned out not to be a really big issue. And then I was also concerned about some of the mobility issues with like my dad and everything. But He was even able to walk me down the aisle without the assistance of his crutch and to get through the the father-daughter dance and everything just fine. So that was, that worked out really well. That's so wonderful. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think the only thing I would have done differently was I, I would have really thought a little bit harder about talking with our photographer more to make sure that we got some photos with some of the guests, particularly some of the, the older guests, you know, sometimes when you're, you're caught up in having fun and then sometimes you're afterwards when you get the photos back, you're like, oh, no, I forgot to take a photo with this particular aunt or uncle. And I, yeah, I think I would have maybe spent some more time to really make sure that I got some of those memories on on film. But in the grand scheme of things, we were just really happy to have those memories overall. So Not a big deal, but just definitely something I probably would have thought about a little more closely. And also to make sure that I really thought about getting some of our desserts. We were having so much fun, and by the end of the night, we didn't realize that they had put the cake and the little creme brulees on our sweetheart table. So we were kind of wolfing them down before we were leaving (laughs) at the very end, which was you know, and they were delicious and totally worth it. But it was one of those like, oh, I probably should have stopped and gotten a little bit of a refresher. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Definitely to, you know, don't be afraid to let loose and, you know, get out of your comfort zone. I think if our DJ had asked us if we wanted to do the lip sync battle, I probably would have said no. And it ended up being one of the best memories and experiences of the night. 
you know, don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions. Things like the creme brulees or having some of the, the special touches like the tea ceremony and things. If I hadn't asked a lot of questions, I, I might not have gotten all those great experiences, particularly in how to make some of those things happen. We had a lot of communication uh, regarding the transportation and particularly getting transportation that would accommodate the, the multiple scooters and other mobility issues. In the end, it worked out where we just got the charter bus, you know, an extra hour early and they were able to get my dad and Brian's aunt with the scooters, no problem. But in the beginning, we were trying to figure out like, oh, do the vans have a particular wheelchair lift and all these things. So just trying to figure out how to make a lot of those logistical things work by asking questions. And then we ended up with something that was really convenient for everyone. So can they do wheelchairs on those big, like, Magical Express buses? Yes, they actually go under, like, where your luggage would go. I see. So um, the guests would just need to be able to, to get up the, the steps into the coach themselves. But because my dad and, and Brian's aunt were able to, to get onto the bus with the assistance of the driver and, and handrails and things, they were able to actually walk onto the bus. They were able to store the scooters underneath and manage that way. And another sort of kind of fun thing, I didn't realize it at the time, but I don't know if, if folks are aware of the, the Mickey Vision glasses that <laughs> you can get for the fireworks. So um, I had seen photos through on like the Pinterest boards and things with that effect in them. And I was like, how do you make that happen? And Amy had explained that there were these glasses and they're only like $4 a piece or something. So we got extras for the kids. And so that was like a fun treat just for them as well. And for us, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was really neat. And I, I don't think I had ever heard of those before. So now we have this great little souvenir that we can use for any fireworks. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to take them when you go back to Disney. <laughs> exactly. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I am in the process of getting everything uploaded to the Disbrides board in terms of the photos and things and adding them all to Facebook. So that's going to be the primary location. Okay, great. And then I can also put some in a slideshow in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, Kasima, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. I think this is all going to be really helpful for anyone who's considering a wishes event at Walt Disney World, especially if they're interested in China or having an evening ceremony with an Illuminations pre-reception. So I really appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at Passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com. 